0: nine things boys need to hear from their father. You know, Ron and I talked about things that we needed from our daddies. Mm -hmm. Different dads, obviously. Yeah. And it's a tough thing
1: because what wasn't poured into you has become your normal. And somewhere in the chain, we've got to break that pattern and try to do better about telling our boys it's okay to cry.
2: Yeah. There's those people that figure it out and use that as their impetus and their like motive to say, I knew what I needed to hear, so that's what I do now as a dad. And then there's those that it's like, well, I I don't do it because it wasn't given to me, so I don't know how. And I'm still trying to figure out what separates those two people. What is it in a person that figures that out?
0: I asked my mother that because she grew up with an alcoholic father who was emotionally and verbally abusive to my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And my mom ran from that. And she doesn't resemble it in any way. And I've tried to ask her, like, why? Yeah, How? She can't really articulate it. Because I don't think people who end up falling into those patterns of generational sin even do it on purpose. They don't go like, wow, I liked that. Let me do more of that. No, they, they don't like it. And somehow they get trapped and it's hard to know the answer to that have
2: you heard the story of the twins both had and obviously had an alcoholic father one was completely like hated alcohol and turned his life around and the other one was an alcoholic and when they asked the one why do you stay away from alcohol and he said because i had an alcoholic father and the other one when they asked him why are you an alcoholic he said because i had an
0: alcoholic father
2: You know, and it's that thing of like, man, what is it that clicks in a person to
0: figure it out? Maybe only the Lord knows the answer to that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors, the scary ones, the ones that make you feel uncomfortable. That's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia.
0: So, this is the Brian and Janelle Podcast. She's Janelle, and I'm Brian. If you don't want to miss anything, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button to get a notification whenever we drop a new episode. This is the Brian and Janelle Podcast.
2: Helen and Lorraine, what you have for follow up. Good morning. Buenos
3: días, how's everyone today?
2: Muy bien, buenos días.
3: Gracias por llamar. Thank you for calling. <laughs> good morning, I'm Brian as well as Ron. I love you guys. I I don't blame you. You
2: You don't blame her? Wow. Okay, Helen.
3: (laughs) It's all about love. It's all about love. Right, right,
2: right.
3: (laughs) Um, Well, I'm calling in regards to what you just mentioned about um, that generational curse. And, Brian, you spoke about your mom. And yeah. Janelle, you spoke about friends and about alcoholism. Yeah. Well, I was brought up with a dad that was an alcoholic. I was also in a marriage that was abusive. I was being physically, mentally, verbally abused. But um, I, I had been set free. I, mean, I have been divorced for 13 years. That's sad. However, um, you know, God will truly just, you know, change your life when you are transformed in Him. Yes. Yeah. So um, I believe for myself it was a choice. My siblings, they're both alcoholics, and that is so sad. Mm. And I am just constantly praying for them. But I believe it's a choice. And, you know, there are times that I always think back of how my father made me feel sure. fearful, um, just living in complete, total fear and just not knowing when he is going to burst out in anger and screaming and Our words. I didn't want my daughter to live like that. So I chose. I said I chose to to not drink. Mm -hmm. But when I was in my early 20s, yes, did I try it? Of course I did. Um, Due to the fact that I had a dad that was an alcoholic, sad to say. However, when I was 25, I went in on a binge. I was just drinking, 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 and then I threw everything up. And then I looked up to him and I said, Lord, that is the last drink I will ever drink. And get intoxicated, and right then and there, I made a choice, and um, yeah. and I thank God I did, and you know, and especially when when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He truly changes your life. Yes. You know, reading in the Word, getting in prayer, having that fellowship with your people in the church—that's so important. You need to be encouraged and lifted up with people are faith and i tell that to my small group ladies so important that we always meet and we always gather and we always share the love of jesus especially love those at that moment in their life where they're at don't judge just love so yes that's the reason
0: i called (laughs) i think it's a really important comment thanks so much for sharing that have you called before helen
3: no, this is my first time, but I need to share this, Brian. My okay. daughter, I mean, um...
0: Oh. Wait,
3: oh, h- h- hold you. on one second. You, you, I mean,
0: you said your uh, your your daughter what now? I missed that part.
3: My daughter, Autumn, who's a teenager, has called several times. Oh. And every oh, time yeah. she calls, she gets on. And I just need to share this. Um, I love you guys dearly, but Brian, um, she has a connection with you. She loves Aww. history. She's 17 years old. She's a senior this year at Clean High, and I just want to say this really quick because I know um, time is ticking. And I'm like, I'm like, God is connecting you to the Moody Radio Station. She has the voice for broadcast, and she loves history, and she's a theater. She wants to be a history. She wants to major in history one day and theater as well. And I'm like... There's a reason why you're always there, you know, you always get connected mm-hmm. because Aww. God is doing something there. And that's what I believe. So, is that. awesome.
0: <laughs> well, we'd love to have her stop by the station sometime yes, during the show or please. after the show, whatever oh. works for her. We'd love to hear that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Did, we, did we send her a mug yet? Oh, yes. I got several of them. Are you kidding me? I just burned my,
3: my tongue, my lip and my tongue. Um drinking the coffee. <laughs> no. say, that, that's
2: Janelle's really fault. That's
0: Janelle's fault. Thank you so much, Helen. I really appreciate those comments, oh, and give your daughter you. a big hug for yeah. us. We're grateful for it. She, she should keep seeking the Lord. He'll show her what to do oh, uh, yeah. with her future, but I agree with Helen that there really is choice involved, and this is one of those things when you commit your life to Christ yeah. and you begin to surrender your life to Him, He'll show you in Scripture the things that we are supposed to do and things we're not supposed to do. And we do it to please the Lord, of course, but we do are faced with choices, yeah, and, we are. and and I think we choose whether or not we want to follow His will for us, yeah. But I think there is another layer of it that gets more complicated, and here's what I mean from my experience. I've got a messed up um, family story when it comes to grandparents. Yeah, I've mentioned before my mother's dad, who's a uh, who was an alcoholic. Uh, long story on that side. My dad's side, my grandfather disowned my side of the family. And the more I've researched this, which someday I'll share more about that, but I've realized it he was completely emotionally absent from my dad's life. And when your dad is totally absent from your life, I'm saying, my dad can't remember any times he got a hug or heard his dad say, I love you. Or like his dad was totally incapable of it, right? Or unwilling to do it, however you look at it. My dad clearly made some choices, but because of the way he was raised, there's limitations in his ability because he's so unfamiliar with what it's like to be a dad who loves a son.
2: See, I'm glad you brought that up because I value the Lord. The Lord has changed me in a lot of ways, but there's more than well, you know. You just if you're a Christian, you just choose, and God helps you. You he can does be. Help a, he does. He does. I'm just saying. For like, I want to validate the the complexity and the it's difficult. Like your dad's one example. We can't look at your dad and be like, well, just trust God, and you'll you know like you'll be able to turn things around or end the cycle.
0: I mean, he was a different man than his father. But his father was so dysfunctional. It's like my dad had his own limitations. It's hard for him to say, I love you. It's hard for him to say, I'm proud yeah. of you, things like that. And so now I am finding that even though I'm trying to do better than my dad, which yeah. is what everybody does,
4: yeah.
0: I have limitations Yes. that I'm still exploring as a guy in his very early 40s on how to emotionally connect, connect with my children in ways that other guys seem to do effortlessly, but I don't have the emotional vocabulary for it. And so I, you know, what do I do with that? There's, I'm choosing, but because of the way I was raised, I have limitations that I don't quite know how to overcome. Counseling could help, but do you see how, yes, it's a choice, but it's not that simple either.
2: Yeah, it's not.
0: Yeah. So much to discuss, lots of great texts and calls coming in. And many of you wanted to revisit a topic about things boys need to hear from their dads, specifically how challenging it can be for not just dads, but anyone, yeah. to overcome dysfunction from their past yes, and sin in their family story. Yeah. Hmm. For now, we're talking about nine things boys need to hear from their father. And as part of that, we talked about how do we overcome dysfunction that we pick up from our dads. Now, dads is the example. could be for mothers. Yeah. This isn't just a man issue. yeah uh, And we've kind of borne our souls a little bit out in front of you in terms of, I know I've had to overcome some things. My parents, each individually, have had to overcome some things. And some people, like we had a caller call in and say she was able to, through the power of the Lord, just drop alcohol. Yeah. I know a guy that's done that too. Yeah, But I know for everyone it's not that easy.
2: Right. And we had a text from someone who's married to a man who's an identical twin. Both his parents were divorced when they were 20 years old, and he's now 30, and he still talks to me about that he doesn't want to be like his dad, but then the other twin is opposite. It's kind of following some of that dysfunction. Mm. So I like this conversation because I don't want to take lightly. There's some that God just does a miracle and turns you around, but there's believers that love the Lord that are still stuck on the dysfunction and it's complicated. We it's got an like, issue they can't drop. They can't drop. And it's like seeps,
0: Paul, by the way, with this thorn in his flesh, yes. whatever that was.
2: It seeps into your marriage, into your relationships, and it's good to acknowledge and talk about. And that's what we're doing right now.
0: And and as we get to some calls here, I think the key to remember in this is somebody might go, well what do you mean? You can't just conquer it. Yeah. Well no, because I'm a sinner before I knew Jesus and I'm still a sinner. I'm only saved yeah. because of Jesus. And so, I'm going to continue battling sin the rest of my life until I'm in glory with Him. Right. And so, I think it's sins that help keep us from totally overcoming everything. Right. You know? Because I mean, we're not that, perfect. would that be
2: nice? Exactly. Statsky in Cleveland. What are your thoughts? Oh,
5: Hi, guys. Hi, Ron. Hi, hey. Janelle. Hi, hey. <laughs> I'm Good first. morning. I want to say thank you, Ron, for your Taylor Ellis story because I'm blind and I have a friend who's blind and she's having a baby, and I did not know they had 3D imaging. So I'm going to pass that testimony on, and hopefully it could bless her. So that yeah. was a blessing to me. So cool. But um, I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to comment on, you know, the fact that we are in a relationship with the Lord, and I think some of the things in our lives, are there to keep us close to Him and that when we do draw near to Him, you know, more and more, we will walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh and that there's things in our flesh that we may battle with our entire lives, you know, hopefully less than more. (laughs) Yeah. But the more, more you learn to deny your flesh and pick up your cross, you know, it is a relationship. And each day the choice is to choose Christ and to press towards that mark of the high calling, knowing that we're not there. We won't be there until we get to glory. But that's the that's the press. We want to press towards excellence. So I do. I know I struggle with a lot of things from my family and I see it. And sometimes I have to be involved in it. In ministry to my family. <laughs> you know, I have to, you know, sometimes we are entering other people's battles and we get in those situations. So I just love the Lord because in Isaiah 43, it talks about, you know, now thus says the Lord who created you and who formed you. So he created us individually and he knows what our unique, you know, gifts and callings are. And he's the only one that has the answer on how to deliver us from situations and if we didn't need deliverance then we wouldn't need a savior so i perfectly empathize with people that are struggling that love the lord with all their heart if you just continue to hold on to jesus he will get you through it he loves you so much he knows where you are he'll meet you he'll walk with you he'll carry you he'll he'll be there with you yeah (laughs) and i just. Yeah, we need Him, and that's good. You know, we need God. God is love, and He loves us, and we need that love. It's like our air. It's like our breath. But I just think of the testimony of um, when Peter denied Christ, and then Christ uh, drew him nearer to him again. He didn't ask him, you know, you know, Peter, did you read your Bible today? Peter, did you pray? (laughs) Peter, did you... You know, he said, Peter, do you love me? And I think That's the heart of it, because when you love someone, you will do what they ask you to do. It will, you know, love is sacrifice at times. Love does cost. Love can be painful. But when you know that God really loves you, that he is good and he only wants good things for you, it doesn't feel good sometimes. It doesn't look good. You know, I'm blind. I've, you know, when I lost my sight, that was grief. Grieving, I went through divorce, um, in an abusive relationship, <laughs> mm. you know, and then through all of that crisis, like I had a two thousand nine crisis. I recommitted my, my life to Christ, and I said, "Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I know that if you just take me, I'm yours." And He took me, and through all that pain, God was able to do something beautiful. And so yeah. I just know if you just trust God and hold on to Him. He will keep you.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's so going to keep on. That. He's going to hold your hand <laughs> on the journey that will only reach him when we're in glory. And I, I think your story is a great illustration of that. Sorry about what you've been through in life. That's hard, but yes. it sounds like it's bringing you closer to Jesus, which is awesome.
5: Yes, yes, it is. So thank you, guys. It. I love you guys. You guys are awesome in the morning. You're so bright and upbeat. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know how you do it at six in the morning, but it's Aww. funny.
0: Janelle has and, a hard time, but no, she does. <laughs> whatever. I'm just teasing.
2: Statsky, is this your first time calling? Yes, it's my first what? time <laughs> Let this not be the last time. And I know you uh-huh. love love some coffee and some tea. You got a mug. No, I don't have a mug. <laughs> exactly. And you need the mug, Brian, so she can let everybody know she's in the family.
0: That's right. You stay on hold, and we're going to get you the third edition collector's item courtesy of our friends at Scranton Road Promotional Marketing. Oh,
5: well, thanks, guys. You guys have a blessed and beautiful day. Love Te- you guys. Team yeah. Janelle Stansky, yeah.
0: You stay on hold, and <laughs> Kelly will get your in. information. Uh, oh, yeah, no, that's... I really like how she described how that works Yeah, in our journey.
4: Yeah.
0: And, you know, to me, it, I've... I haven't like solidified this on paper, but I really think there's this process as you grow older of kind of self-actualization, for lack of a better term, um, as you understand your own sin. Here's what I mean. So you're a little kid, and your parents are superheroes. Oh, yeah. You're a teenager. Your parents have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: You're in your early 20s, maybe mid-20s. You get married, and you go, wow, I'm good at this. I don't know what my parents' problem was. Exactly.
2: And I'm going to do it way better.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm going to nail it. <laughs> and then you start to see, man, my parents did have a lot of mistakes. Boy, they messed me up a little bit as you yeah. start having your own issues.
2: Yeah.
0: And then you realize, and this is kind of where I'm at in life, where I go, wow, you know, my parents made some mistakes, but they really did the best they could. Mm-hmm. And I'm a mess too. Yeah. And I'm just trying to do the best I could. And I hope my yeah. kids don't think I'm a total disaster. Yeah. You know, I, I, at least that's the phase I'm in now. Ron, I don't know. What's the next phase? Um, that, that continues for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's where I'll sit for the next couple of decades, but.
2: I like what Statsky said though about, I think she said, we'd like walk into other people's mess. And in terms of those people that you feel like, man, you should mature what's wrong with you or whatever dysfunctions other people have, you never know like the, how you're intersecting with other people's generational issues and dysfunction, and just being mindful of that. Like, we're all on this journey, and we're all messed up. And that's one of the things when I was in my 30s, I mean, and it's not like it's a perfect, I'm just saying a few years ago, where I would think, you you realize your dysfunction, like, man, I don't have it together, I'm not a great mom as I thought I was, and you think it's you. And I think as you move into, like, the years, you start realizing, hold up, it ain't just me, we all messed up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and just and and helping that not just to help you feel like okay I'm I'm normal, but giving people grace. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and 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 accepting that I think is how the Lord brings to fr- fruition that very commonly heard passage that God works together. Uh, works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. It's those challenges we have, those weaknesses he has, that if we can openly acknowledge them, he can use them.
2: Yes, he can. He
0: can use them to help us and to help others around us.
2: There's a scripture I want to share that I've loved and encourages me as I've acknowledged my weaknesses through parenting and as a wife. It's just like such an awesome scripture. I'll share that after this break and we'll get to your calls. And as we talk about, Brian, how in our 30s, we start realizing, and it's not later in life, after we realize we don't get it all together, right? After we graduate college, right. you got this thing where it's like, I got this. Watch and you're like, me. And you like, man,
0: my parents didn't know what they exactly.
2: were doing. Exactly. And you, then you start realizing, man, I'm not as good as I thought. And and you start realizing your weaknesses. 2 Corinthians 12.9 was my scripture, my verse during those years, where, the God, where God tells Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And so I played that out by you're still faithful and you still try your best, and you're not afraid to acknowledge your weaknesses and knowing God will even use those in the work that he has for me here. In those years, it was at home, and now it's wherever I'm at, serving him. But being joyful, even of the weaknesses, because God can use those too. And like one of our callers says, it makes you more dependent on him, and it makes his power perfect. Matt in Columbia Station, what are your thoughts? How do you process this?
0: Oh, I actually got through. (laughs) Hey, Matt! (laughs) Glad you did, my friend.
6: (laughs) Guys, I got to tell you, you two are pretty awesome. I love the way you connect and the way you banter with each other. It's just I can tell it's just, there's so much love between you.
0: Thank you so that much. Is can so I cool. can I bug you to to maybe move the receiver a little bit? You're just a little soft. I want to be sure I hear you all. Okay, sorry about that. Oh, we better. don't want to
2: miss what you got to say. Hey.
0: There we go. Much better. Thank <laughs> you
6: oh, really. Okay, well I appreciate that. Um I have to ask though, is it Brian with a B or Ryan with an R? It's Brian with a B.
2: It depends. Cuz okay. when we have a hey, hey. when we have an expert on and he needs help, he's like, oh, my friend Ryan, but his, his name is really Brian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly.
6: Okay. Well, I'm a little nervous about talking. I've never done this before. Um, you wouldn't know it from my job because my job, you know, commands me to be very assertive and direct. I'm an instructor, teacher of sorts. Oh. And, uh, so here, I'm going to make this real short if I can. I heard your story, Brian, and uh, from what I heard, I mean, I just caught a little bit of it there of maybe some dysfunction there, dealing with trying to... You know, your your feelings about not being able to connect or not feeling like you're the best dad... Yes. ...of that nature. I listened to the last couple of callers and talk about some dysfunction, and my life is no different from everyone else. I do not believe that, you know... Well, what I do believe is, you know, the worst things that we deal with in our lives, to us, is the worst things. But that's the same thing for everyone else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True. You know what
4: I mean? Yeah.
6: I dealt with dysfunction. I barely knew my parents. They both spent a lot of time in prison. Um, I used them as an example of what not to do in life. A year ago in August, I rededicated my life to Christ. And I learned of you guys just about eight months ago. Oh, wow. And I can't can't turn off my radio. (laughs) You know, I've learned so much listening to Tony Evans and listening to Josh Moody. And you guys have helped to change my life. Praise God. I met a woman, and I married her on March 7th. Hey,
2: congratulations.
6: Thank you. She is the strongest lady. I have three children, and... Friends of mine say, wow, what a great dad you are. And I look at them and think, wow,
0: are you who or what? Yeah, I do the same thing, Matt. People will be like, oh, you're such a great dad. i would be like, have you seen me, parents? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. you know, Sit down and let uh, me tell you.
6: <laughs> because I feel, like Paul said, and I and I love Paul, he is, wow. He says, I am the chief sinner. And yeah. I say, well, no, I am the chief yeah. sinner. yeah every day I struggle and I understand now what the word repent means it says sure yeah I'm sorry but that's not enough it's I'm sorry but you have to change it yes and I'm learning that and you know I just appreciate you guys and thank you and the messages that you put out there it it so touches my heart
0: thanks Matt Uh, it just means a lot to us I'm I'm praising God with you, that you've rededicated your life to Christ, that you're you're in a marriage that's uh, God honoring and uh, that God's doing a work in your life. I connect with you, my friend, and you know we we both marvel off the air on a regular basis why in the world God would want us on the radio. I
2: know, that's right. And
0: and that's part of our ministry. (laughs) Yeah, Well, see, you know what though? I think that's part of it. I think God, part of our ministry is to wear our mistakes on our sleeves so that people like you know you're not alone. And that we're all just messed up sinners trying to follow Jesus as best we can. Um, and... Well, I've changed so much. Well, I haven't changed. God has changed me so
6: much. I was a biker up until, you know, a little over a year ago. And I was not going in the right direction. I haven't done drugs. I've been drug-free for over 11 years now. Oh, wow. Um, that has to do a lot with my, my job. Growing up, that was all I knew. Yeah. And that's I thought that was the path I was supposed to take. I heard earlier <clears throat> two callers ago. Someone said something about it. We we're talking about alcoholism, and and it being a choice. Um, I have my own views on that. I don't know if anyone else in the world shares my opinions about you know addiction and and alcoholism and drug abuse. But yeah, it kind of does boil down to a, a choice. We're told from a young age, if you do this. You will become addicted, and you will, you know, suffer some consequence. But I'll tell you what, you put Jesus in your life, and Jesus has become my drug. There you go. (laughs) And I'm addicted. (laughs) See, there you go, Matt. I love it,
0: my my friend. I'm so glad you're part of our Moody Radio family. I'm going to ask you to stay on hold so Kelly can get your information. I want to be sure to send you... A third edition collector's item here, the Brian and Janelle Coffee tumbler, courtesy of our friends at Scranton Road Promotional Marketing, where they invest in the city. I want to be sure the world knows you're in our family and oh, that yeah. uh, just for your mm-hmm. kind words and your, and your testimony, you get one of those uh, for yourself. You know, I, I love hearing from guys like that.
4: Yeah,
0: And yeah. it's one of those where, yes, yeah, some people could probably conquer their addiction in a matter of moments. With God's help, but others need to be a part of, of like galvanize. Men's yes. Recovery Ministry at Grace Church. Our friend Roy talks about that, where it's going to take a lifetime of having a sponsor, yeah. and praying, and a, and it's a daily battle. But with Christ, you really can be a new creation.
2: Yeah. Andy and Wadsworth, what are your thoughts? Hi, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking
7: my call. Man, the timing is just perfect. It's just this week. I'm driving on the highway and. I don't know what it is, but God stirred my heart. And I'm thinking about my dad. He died when I was 15. My mom and dad were separated when I was really young. So I never really, really knew my dad. I saw him on the occasional weekend. And after he died, I never mourned the loss of him and the loss of that relationship that never was. I'm driving down the highway and I'm just falling and I'm crying. And God has cracked open my heart. Hmm. And all this pain that is pent up, it's, it's just coming out. And in that pain, God is saying, you know, your earthly father, you never knew, or you never knew love from him. You didn't know how to be loved by a father, but I can love you. Amen. I've got to tell you, I've never had that kind of experience. I'm still shaken by it.
0: No, but let it happen, Andy. Yeah. I, I mean, pull over if you need to, just yeah. to be safe, my friend. But yeah. no, I mean, let it happen. I, you are not alone. I, yeah. uh, it's a longer story for another day, but I never mourned the loss of my grandfather disowning me. I had two grandfathers who rejected me. And it is, I've realized over time that it has helped kind of define some of my major sin issues in my life over the years. And I've had to confront it before i can allow god to into my heart to really heal me in that part so you're not alone i i've still am trying to figure out how to deal with the grandpa who rejected me yeah, yeah I, I get it
7: so I'm, I'm working through overcoming addiction and five months ago i'm listening to you guys and you have a guy on to talk about galvanized yes mm-hmm. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know that I really want to do that. And I sat on it for a couple months, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start, and it's COVID, so I'm doing it online. And I'm like, I don't know that I really want to do this. And I'm going in person, and now I'm going every week. And now I can't wait to see these guys. And it's changing me.
0: That's the power of the Lord, my friend. Yeah. When we surrender our lives to Christ, He really can make us a new creation. And that little step of faith... And, and being a part of Galvanized, it's a game changer, And Those guys love the Lord, and they wear their sin on their sleeve, and they help each other.
7: They really do. And so I just, I have to thank you guys for the work that you do. And I know you hear it all the time.
2: I love hearing from people like that, because you see the Lord's work just yes. happening all across our area and in, mm-hmm. lo- in personal, like it becomes personal and comes alive.
0: And I think we underestimate the impact of our family story on our present battle with sin. Yeah. I think we underestimate it. It's, yeah. been, it's been powerful to hear people's testimonies.
2: Yes, it is.
8: I was abandoned by my earthly father. I tried to call him just to talk, but he never bothered, no response. I didn't ask for much, but what's the cause? Got me looking at myself like something's wrong. Am I from another planet? Man, I don't belong. I had it all figured out, but I was lost. Searching and working for love way too long. I had an obsession making impressions Like how good can I perform until I earn your attention? What a lonely road Attempting to fill a hole men would come and go but only one can play the role and that's my father And there's no one like him and I may not like him, but I'm exactly like him What a reminder, for goodness sakes, I carry his last name. I saw a picture of him, we smile exactly the same. His absence didn't hurt me, but affected me in some ways. And if you've gone through what I've gone through, then I'm sure that you can relate. Sometimes the things that wound the most can't even be explained. And not knowing what you've never had can sometimes numb the pain. They say ignorance will kill you, but not in this case. You see, I chose not to focus on the choices my father made. People talk so bad about him and try to fill me with hate. People wanted my life to be molded by all of my dad's mistakes, but if the past is what I'm living, then how can it be erased? Yeah, I suffered as a child. And that's something that can't be changed. But God had his hand upon me. And look at the man he's made. I'm not boasting in myself, but I know by who I was raised. A God who fathers orphans and a woman in which He saved. Looking back on how God led me is actually quite insane. I suffered while He shaped. I stuttered while he sang He spoke life into the things that I would underestimate He brought beauty out of pain He's the heir when you suffocate He's the bear that defends her cubs and kills just to keep them safe And he's always on my back, since the age of eight When everyone left, it was him who stayed When I was rejected, he gave me a place I was the lowest of the lows, but he called me by name Now I'm sitting at his table like the son of a king How did I get here? I got adopted by a holy father, though I'm so opposite. Sitting at a table with angels, no, I do not fit in. I did God dirty, and my scars make it obvious. But I'm looking into the eyes of a God who could never love me less, though I'd been a sloppy mess. Yet he sympathized with my weakness, even through all his loftiness. So I opened my hands to receive a relationship I didn't deserve. A connection I did not earn, but I don't have time to cry about my past when I have a heart that burns and I don't burn with my fire, I burn with his. I did a double check in the mirror this morning, I'm starting to look like him. I guess that's the effect of being one of his kids. And I don't know where my biological father has been, and I don't know why he never loved me, it never made sense. But I know of a holy God who cleansed me of all my sin. He forgave me of my mess and all of the things I did. And he asked me to do the same to all so that I could live freely. I was forgiven, so freely I should forgive. I love how our Father would orchestrate it all to our benefit. This is childhood all over again. You tell me if there's another God who can be a father and a friend. (laughs) Come on.
2: Edward in Cleveland, what are your thoughts?
9: Now, my issue is my dad was never there for me, okay? He left when we were little babies. That's my mom with four kids. And as I grew up, you know, I began to like, I didn't hate my dad. I just never wanted to talk to him. I will always speak negative about him because I didn't know him. My mom had to literally encourage me To love my dad my mom took me to church all my life i was going to church but still i had this resentment in my heart for my dad because he was not there i always believed that the man was the glue to hold the family together and my youngest brother's out here on drugs and you know and going in and out of jail and all of that and i blamed my dad for that because he was there He would never been going through what he's going through now. He needed that male support. But that male support from my dad was not there. On the other hand, I never drunk alcohol, never dealt with drugs, never smoked a cigarette, and never been in jail all the years I've been living. I'm almost 60 years old now. I've never done those things. But it still hurts. Until this day, I had to get down on my knees and pray, ask the Lord to give me a relationship with my dad. And now we got the best relationship. He lives in California, but I'm in Cleveland. He go to church. He did say, son, will you forgive me? And I told him, yes, we got a relationship now because I know that in my heart, the love of God, dwells there. And I cannot continue to go on like this. I have to have some closure. And I have to love my dad, regardless what him and my mom went through. It made me a better dad to my sons. I'm always telling my sons I love them. I always take care of them, and you know, and always there to support my sons whatever they going through. I'm always there. And my sons till this day they grown. They (laughs) they grown men. They don't do drugs. They work. My youngest son loves the Lord. Always call me, say, "Dad, when is church? When is church?" I can't wait for <laughs> church to start back. So I am so grateful and so blessed that you guys have this topic, and it does hurt. You know, I want to encourage all the other callers continue to trust in the Lord and continue to pray, because He's the only one who can get us through this, and no matter what happens. We all can be a better dad to our kids, even if your kids are grown and you start now. At some point, you got to start with a a loving connection with your kids. At some point, you just can't go on without, you know, getting to have a relationship with your kids. Yeah, I know a couple of my friends, they still have an issue and they grown. I said, you got to get past that. You got to allow the Lord to work and mold and shape your heart. To love your dad, you got to do it. you got to do it regardless to whether he was there or not. you got to have that relationship before it's too late. Because once your dad passed away, you can't never, ever say, Dad, I love you, I forgive you. Do it while he's still living and develop a relationship with
0: your dad. Mm. What a testimony, Edward. Uh, you sound like Jesus to me, man, when you're talking about what you went through and how you got there and the way you're honoring your father and loving him. And did you say it's your first time calling a radio station? So it must be your first time calling us, too, huh? Right, because every time I call, when they talk about any biblical topics on
9: WCRF radio station, could never get through. (laughs) And they be talking about topics that I need to address and want to get my point of view, but I never could.
0: Well, now you did, my friend, and you made the show better. The show's better because of you. Uh, And since it is your first time getting through and you shared your... You know, your mess with us, just like we've been sharing our mess. Mm-hmm. It's made the show better. So please stay on hold. Kelly's going to hate me for sending all these mugs out. <laughs> but please stay on hold. We're going to send you a brand new third edition collector's item. It is the Brian and Janelle Coffee Tumblr, courtesy of our friends at Scranton Road Promotional Marketing. Powerful stuff. We're up against a break. More to come on this.
2: When we come back, he brought up such a powerful thing that we all know, forgiveness. hmm And as we talk about our past and things, just ways you've seen it played out and what it does for the family.
0: Amen. We'll get to that in just a second.
2: We just had a call, Brian, from Edward, where he shared his journey with his dad. And it started off with, like, the pain of the rejection from his dad and how his dad left his mom. But then he got to, like, where we should all eventually, hopefully, get to, which is forgiveness. Forgiveness. What are your thoughts on that, and how has that played out in your own journey with the two grandfathers? You said you have a painful past with.
0: It's it is a journey. I mean, I think at first it's it's kind of like the person who looked at Jesus and said, "I believe, help me with my unbelief." Oh yeah. I think it starts that way. I forgive, help me with my unforgiveness. Mm. I know it's not a Bible verse, but I think it's a principle. <laughs> that what What fits. does that mean? Uh, it means that you acknowledge the hurt. And I think we actually far too often don't apply Matthew 18 to our personal lives. Matthew 18 is designed for church discipline. So when a fellow Christian sins against you, you're supposed to go talk to them about it. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. you right. I mean, if we acknowledge that, a lot of us, why do we gossip? Why do we backstab? Why do we do all that stuff? We do it because we're afraid to talk to somebody about yeah. how they've hurt us. And that fear is amplified with family. Yeah, it is. It's really hard. And It took Edward 60 years. He's a 60-year-old man. It took him almost 60 years to get the courage to call his father and tell him about all the ways that he hurt him. And that's what allowed reconciliation to take place. But it really is, I think it's a significant measure of faith and courage to actually do what God wants us to do.
2: That's not always possible.
0: What do you mean? You can't always call
2: someone, or there are times you call and don't get that happy ending that Edward got. Yeah, you may not. So what do you do then?
0: I think there's a couple of ways, and uh, this isn't a setup by any means, but I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm working on a podcast series. I've mentioned this a few times. Lord willing, it'll be out in the fall. Yeah. A five-part series of me trying to figure out how to do just that with my grandfather, who died in like 1993. But disowned my family in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And that, I've carried that. And yeah. I can't talk to him about it because he's dead. Yeah. And so, how do you confront that? Um, it's a number of things. I've realized in there that there's been a lot of collateral damage I didn't know about. My grandfather's decision ended up hurting a lot of people in my family and caused some damage that needs to be repaired. But the more I've done it, the more I've had to look in a mirror at myself and realize that. The, the forgiveness I can, I can give to him comes out of how desperately I need forgiveness. Because mm-hmm. as I'm like creating a podcast series about my grandfather's mistakes, I'm realizing that my kids and my grandkids could probably do the same thing to me because I've made a whole bunch of mistakes.
4: yeah.
0: And there's going to be plenty of things I've done and sins I'm not even necessarily consciously aware of at the moment that are going to hurt people that I won't be around someday for somebody to deal with, mm. and I'm going to need them to forgive me anyway. And so I think our ability to forgive as Christians is born out of how much we've been forgiven. That's why it's so important for us to not think we've arrived spiritually in some way. You know, like it, committing your life to Christ does not erase your future sins or make you somehow supernaturally mini Jesus. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. Paul said he's the worst among sinners, as our friend Edward brought up. And that is so true. And you've got to see your need for Christ. Yeah. And your need for Christ and the true reality of how bad you are will enable you to extend forgiveness to people that you don't think deserve it.
2: And it sounds like you're acknowledging that that forgiveness isn't always a moment. It can be a process and a journey. Is that right?
0: In my experience— it's a commitment to the Lord to forgive, and it's a statement, I'm going to do this now, Lord, help me figure out how. But I, th- I don't think it's necessarily instantaneous. It can be, yeah, but not necessarily.
2: We're continuing a conversation about our past, and this connects to a series of episodes that you're still working on.
0: Yeah, I'm working, I've been working on a podcast project for a long time, and it connects uh, pretty closely, actually, to something we talked about on Tuesday this week. It's an article called Nine Things Boys Need to Hear from Their Father. And how we can search back in our past and see what we got or didn't get from our fathers, at least I can speak for guys, really shapes who we are today. And the older you get, the more you realize that outside of your own control, all your mess-ups are going to shape your kids. Yeah. And there's really not much you can do about it. And how, you know, yeah, it's, it's just that cycle continues. So we're talking about yeah. how our faith interacts with that. And that podcast series, Lord willing, that'll come out this fall, it uh, deals with me grappling with a disownment from my grandfather and how that has caused generational damage in my family. Yeah. Some stuff I didn't even realize until just this year as mm-hmm. some really unspoken pain has been coming up. So, yeah. Stick around for more on that.
2: Anonymous in Madison, what you got? I am just hoping that I can get all this out and it's going to make sense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure oh, yeah, you'll yeah. do when great. When
10: I was young, um, I grew up in a home that was very abusive in many, many ways. And,. When I was 13, I decided to go live with my mother, and at that point in time, my father said, I will never have anything more to do with you, and so he disowned me, and therefore I grappled with that for many years, and I think the fear that ensnared me was so great that it just hindered every part of my life. One day when I was reading my Bible, I came across the verse that said, The fear of man seems to be a snare, but those who trust in the Lord are made safe. Hmm. And that verse just totally freed me. And as I prayed and worked through the many years of hurt, I just realized that God's grace is so sufficient, and that He is my loving Father, and He is the one who gives me guidance and grace and forgiveness. And in that forgiveness, I then learned that, you know, growing up, we used to think that we had to have someone ask us to forgive them before we had to forgive them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's so unbiblical. Right. Because Christ on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah. In that fact, my father, I don't believe knew what he was doing. <laughs> and in that, It's made me a better person. I believe with all my heart that I would literally go through it all again because it has made me a better person because I have learned that my Heavenly Father is nothing like that. My Heavenly Father is the one whom I look to in order to be a godly mother and the kind of mother that I need to be. And granted, I made a ton of mistakes with my kids. But God's grace is so good. Yes. And my children are all saved and they love the Lord. And I'm just so grateful for the fact you um, Janelle, you mentioned real quickly that forgiveness doesn't have to really impact the person you're forgiving. It yeah. impacts you more than anyone else. Yeah. And that forgiveness is so great that I just pray that my children will forgive me for the problems I've maybe caused in their lives. But in all, I know that I have done my best. And I would just encourage those who have had this type of situation that there is freedom and that there is... The grace of God that will pull you through. And you don't have to let that hinder the rest of your life.
0: That's right. It's, it's worth it to confront the pain of our past in light of God's grace. Yes. It's hard, but it's worth it. And I think your story illustrates that, Anonymous. Thank you. Uh, you know, it, it, surrender is a hard thing to do. Yeah, But truly, if we, if we put our life in the hands of Christ, He can transform these relationships and allow us to forgive those who've hurt us.
2: What an important conversation, Brian, because we know that we're all struggling in different areas, and to have God's people come together and just get real and help each other is so important. And for those who listen, especially new believers, it's like— a message of like, hey, look, I'm like right at home, bunch of people with issues,
0: <laughs> you know? Yes. And this is why I, it's one of those funny things, like, even though I don't struggle with the sin of addiction, I've been to recovery groups before. I, I went to one recently to speak and it's like the place I'd, ra- I'd rather hang out. Yes, Because you know what they do when they start? They're like, hey, I'm Brian, and I'm, you know, and everybody walks around and everybody's so open about their struggles. Yeah. I think that's how the Christian life is supposed to be. Yes. But what we do instead is we pretend like we've got it all together. And I think that causes collateral damage. Yeah, it does. And it hurts people. Because listen, how many people I call in today are hurting. Yeah. Who are carrying around pain that they just need to hear that God's with them and that you're hurting too.
2: That's right. A man texted in and said, guys, I just had this conversation with a guy new in Christ a little over a year ago, and he felt alone. I love AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, for this reason. It taught me, AA taught me humility and reliance on God. Thank you for spreading this message. And I think I told him about Galvanized and how you've said that too. Like the main point that they get to quickly is, I'm broken.
0: Yeah, in fact, that's, I remember when I was speaking at Galvanized, everybody takes turns at the beginning. It takes a while because it was a big group. They introduced themselves by name and their sin struggle. Mm. And I was last, I was in the other end of the room. And when Roy got to me, Roy's like, (laughs) Brian, you don't have to say anything. You know, you just, I'm like, hey, what, (laughs) it's my turn. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like the the atmosphere was such grace and love among sinners who need Christ. I couldn't wait to share my sins.
2: I got an idea. You should start a Bible study in your house and be like, okay, you could be a part, but the first thing you got to do, every meeting, we you introduce yourself and you tell us what you're struggling with,
0: what your sin struggle is. Nobody, this Can is the funny thing about the that church. you kind
2: of Bible study?
0: I, nobody would show up. That's the funny thing. I got to <laughs> yeah. be honest.
2: What is that with went, that?
0: You went to a Bible study not that long ago where that, you ended up quitting because it was like, if you people can't get real about yeah. your struggles, I just can't be here.
2: And I've been to Bible studies before where that happens, but I had more time. And I know it takes time and all that. I'm not in that season right now. So I was like, listen, y'all, I can't, like, I can't do it. Because real ministry happens when people get real. And I love, if you look at Jesus' interaction, that's the interaction with people. Man, he'd be the first one to be like, you struggle with, boom, and he would just see it. And I know he's Jesus, but it just shows us, like, that's what we should be doing, you know, we're all broken, and let's just get real and get to the heart of the issue. Because you got people like the ones who are calling in now. You see, do you hear the pain and the, and even some people crying on air? People are walking around in pain.
0: And now, I, I do want to throw one little wrench into this. Somebody might be nervous. If they don't like to share their problems, they might be like, oh, my goodness, I have to share everything. Uh, no. No. Guess what? Janelle's got a whole bunch of mess.
2: All kinds of mess, That yeah.
0: I don't know about. That she's not going to share on the air. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's got a whole bunch of mess that I know about that she's not going to share on the air. Neither am I. Yeah, I think we have layers of transparency that are appropriate. Yes, um, and layers of confidentiality. I don't think Mm -hmm. you walk in to any sort of meeting of people you don't know and start sharing your deepest darkest secrets. Yeah, no. But I think we ought to, as Christians, have a consistent air about us of I'm a sinner who needs Jesus. And if I'm not consistently illustrating to you that I'm a sinner who needs Jesus, I'm not sure I even am fully embracing the gospel itself. I need the gospel preached to me every day. And that's what my disposition ought to be. Yeah. Let's go to Steve in Salem. Hey, Steve, what do you have for us?
1: Oh, good morning, guys. My name's Steve. I'm a sinner who needs Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Ooh, you're in good company, <laughs> Welcome Steve. to the club.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to chime in because uh, you guys are just touching on a lot of things that are near and dear to my heart you know, I can't say that I had a bad relationship with my dad or an abusive relationship. Um, I did, uh, have an abusive relationship with another family member. Um, and also some, uh, abuse, uh, of a sexual nature from someone outside the family. Uh, but, uh, it was interesting. And I love how much you guys talk about galvanized and, um, the way that those guys work. And um, I attend a Celebrate Recovery program, awesome. which also is, is amazing. Yes. Um, and I love the fact that we don't identify ourselves as the, as the issue or sin um, because we need to know our identity in Christ. But we, we do confess, like, the way I introduce myself would be close to what I just did. And like you said, Brian, it's, my name's Steve. And I am celebrating recovery with blank, you know, whatever. And I think that that transparency allows the new people coming in to say, holy cow, we just went around this circle and all these guys are a wreck.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. I don't
1: feel so bad about sharing.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but uh, the, the one thing that you guys touched on was about the, the forgiveness and the amends, and how sometimes we can't even do that and also i think janelle it was you that said sometimes people aren't going to receive that or even listen to it yeah
4: yeah and
1: it's so important for us to understand that that amends or asking for forgiveness is for us hmm. and i think you said that as well but yeah the the thing is when we do that we have to expect nothing in return because we have to get to the point where we understand Uh, the power of God is at work in our lives, and that we have come to the point where we can tell that person, look, what you did, it hurt me, it injured me, but I forgive you. Or on the opposite end of the spectrum, I am so sorry for what I did to hurt you. And sometimes they may look at you and say, "I, I don't accept that. But we have to be willing to do our part regardless and show that Christ is working in us so that maybe somewhere down the road, they're going to say, you know, it took a lot of guts for that guy to come to me and say that.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: And I'm just very appreciative that you guys are, are just staying on this topic. And it's just been a joy in my heart to listen to the calls this morning. Me too. And Brian, I'd love to have you come down and speak at our program.
0: Hey, I'd, it'd be a, a privilege and an honor. Just, uh, just reach out to us through Brian and Janelle.org email or whatever. And i I'd love to set something up It'd be an honor. Uh, I, I always feel at him. home in groups like that. So, and I'm also glad, Steve, that you brought up Celebrate Recovery because we reference Galvanize a lot just because it's our friend Roy, who's a sub-host and a regular contributor. It's the ministry he's part of. But there are yep. so many different recovery ministries out there, and mm-hmm. that's you're describing what recovery ministry is. Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel like if Jesus were, were here right now walking around— He'd be hanging out in those meetings, you know? Yeah. yeah. This is what they feel like. So, God bless you, Steve. How long have you been in the Moody family?
1: Oh, about seven years.
0: Praise God. Glad you're with us, brother. Yeah. Don't you be a stranger, okay?
1: No way.
2: <laughs> I love this conversation. And I love to hear men especially calling, and I want to thank you because I think you leading the way, and I know you don't feel that, but I do, leading the way as a man especially, being transparent about your story as we look back at our past and the way it's still impacting our lives today. Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about stories, and when I converse with people, that's what I seek is people's stories, and I think that's why I get super personal and super intense because I think— It explains our present, and we all have a story. We all have that past we're still carrying, and I think we're mostly not honest about it. Or sometimes we don't see it. Like, we don't see the connection. Ways we struggle today and how it's connected to your relationship with your mom or your relationship with your sisters or whatever it is. So So I'm glad that you're doing it because off air, we were talking about how the church struggles with this. And I'm not even talking about— Four walls. Believers struggle with this, and it's a way of you saying. Remember how you talk about the gospel and how your pastor, any sermon he sees in the gospel. There's always because the Bible. That's what it is. All stories. It's about the gospel. It's about Jesus. We should be walking testimonies, and the gospel should just be coming out of us all the time. And what a way of doing it than to be honest and open and just forthcoming. With your story and your mess. That's right. It's a, a constant opportunity to share what God's doing, what he's done, how you're still depending on him. So I don't know if you figured it out, but I don't get, like, that should be the first thing believers should do is being transparent and well, sharing their mess and their stories.
0: It's pride and it's bad theology. Some people believe that when you give your life to Christ, your life will be perfect because they maybe watch too many Christian movies or something. Yeah. But that's just not how it works. Right. At all. yeah. I still need Jesus as much today as I did yesterday. Now I'm striving for holiness. I'm trying to be better. Yeah. I think I'm better than I was. But the more I learn about God, the more I realize I'm a mess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have that feeling of, like, now that you say about pride, don't you have the feeling sometimes where you're like, seriously, I'm still dealing with this? Yeah.
0: Oh, on a regular <laughs> basis. Yeah, yeah. No, no. And, and th- this is why, again, all this was uh, brought about from a Tuesday discussion as we're talking about an article, it was Nine Things Boys Need to Hear from Their Father. And that took us down the road of looking at realizing our dads did the best they could. Oh, yeah. For the most part. And learning that usually their dysfunction is a product of their dad's dysfunction, is a product of their dad's dysfunction, and you can trace it through generations. Oh, my
2: goodness, yes. And we will all have them. As a mom, I'm doing the best I can, but I'm realizing there's stuff I'm doing that's going to make my kid call the Brian Janelle Morning Show, hopefully not, and be like, you know, 20 years from now. Yeah, my mother, whatever it is. I told you the story about my dad decades after I left my house. And a few years before he passed, he said, we were in the car, and just out the blue, he's like, you know what? I know I could have done better as a dad. Now, I've never heard that tone. So just when he started, I was like, where is this going? This is crazy. And then he said... I could have been more emotional. I could have been more connected. But he's like, I just didn't know how to do it. That was so awkward because he felt so vulnerable. And he was just like, my dad never did it with me. Hmm. And I never knew how to do it. Like I saw the little boy in him where he was like, he's trying to figure stuff out. You don't see that when you're a kid.
0: What did that mean to you though? You said it was awkward and I'm sure it was. But what did that mean to you as his daughter?
2: The acknowledgement was powerful because... You feel it, the lack of connection. But then you wonder, does he care? Does he realize? Mm -hmm. Now, my dad was amazing, and he was married to my mom till he passed, and he was a great provider. But, you know, like I just said, we all have issues. So the acknowledgement of that area, I see it. Number two, to say I wanted to do it. I know that's so simple, and it's like, duh, Janelle, you should know that that mattered that he said that out loud. Like I wanted to be more connected emotionally because dads look all big and like they got it all together. And so when you don't have that, you're thinking that they're good. So he said that and then connecting it and saying I just didn't know how, I saw a lot of humility and it helped me with forgiveness and understanding him. And it kind of put us at level field, like, man, we're all figuring this out.
0: But, but see, and, and this illustrates to me the two layers of transparency and how important they are. Number one, if you aren't being transparent about your struggles as a follower of Christ with your family and your friends and people around you, you're hurting people. Yes. Like you are doing damage to them because they think that it's them. That's the problem.
2: Yes. Oh, that's yes. You're hurting people.
0: And I think second of all, you're missing out on intimacy with Christ. Mm hmm. Because, remember, we follow Christ because we need him. It's his life, death, and resurrection, his perfect life that covers our sin and allows us to be with a holy God. Yeah. And so if you get to the point where you start thinking you don't have any sins anymore, you don't even yeah. need Jesus anymore, yeah. and you got some major problems. So the more you're able to openly talk about your struggles, the more you're reminded of your need for Christ and you get his peace and his joy in knowing he died for you in spite of all that. I mean, just this week, I got together with my pastor because I'm dealing with something that's been a real challenge for me and I felt alone in it. His response of empathy and shared experience was a game changer. It was helpful to know I wasn't alone. And I would have never known that if I wouldn't have brought it up. Yes.
2: Have you ever opened up like this with your child? Because you don't have to wait till they're adults. Have you ever said, man, I know I'm not doing such and such, but I don't know how to do
0: this? A couple of times. um, I I had recently, I I put my arm around one of my kids after I'd messed up. And I said, you know, I know I drive you crazy. I just want you to know I love you and I'm doing the best I can. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've had other situations as well. But here's the hard thing about it. Since you're with them since they're babies and you watch their intellectual development, there's certain times you don't know if they're ready for hearing those things yet and then by the time you realize they're ready it might be almost too late it's not ever too late but Mm -hmm. like it's hard to know time passes life happens and those powerful moments of reflection and vulnerability in front of your kids just seem to slip by yeah
2: is it okay if you if your spouse sees it and your child expresses a concern for you to kind of hint at it and say listen He's figuring, like, let's say as a mom, he's figuring stuff out and, like, speaking for.
0: I think if you do it privately and lovingly, yes. Yeah. But a lot of us haven't dealt with our junk.
2: Yeah.
11: I wish you taught me something. Something good before you left. I wish you gave me a tight hug and held me against your chest. You could have said goodbye, kissed me on the head, You could have written something nice that later I would have read I would have loved to learn none of what you did I've messed up actually, quite a bit I've made choices that put me in holes that I could never dig I've paid bills that made me feel like I really got no chance I've treated ladies wrong, man, I have been a pig I've broken hearts like a bear just stepping on a twig You left your four boys yet always sought the chicks I wonder, is it hard to look at the faces of your kids? Did you leave because we remind you of the man you could have been? Perhaps to think of us you must face your greatest sin Maybe you have tried to live a life where you forget But then I write you another poem which makes you think of us again I'm sorry but I have questions that I've had since I was 10 Issues that have followed me all the way to 26 And I didn't write this poem to point out all the crap you did I just want you to be aware of how my life is being lived These days I get excited when I think of my own kids but then I panic cause marriage is a step I cannot skip. I've heard stories of how you broke the hearts of wives that you were with. Then I think of who I've hurt and I swear it makes me sick. I've seen that children learn a lot through the absence we permit. You didn't guide me by the hand but still I followed in your steps. Without God I can't imagine the type of man I would have been. Without God I can't imagine where on earth I would have been. I just pray that you find God the same way your son did.
2: Hey, hold up where are you going you know you like your time with us you want more so look down Hit that button right there, subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more.
0: And guess what? You can help us. How? A five-star rating.
2: You can also hang with us live weekday 6 to 9 a.m., interact with us, talk with us, download the Moody Radio app.
0: Or at brianandjanelle.org.
2: And we don't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind all this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, and our awesome and fearless leader, Jose.
0: And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.
2: Well, Brian, that's a wrap.
0: Yep.